0: Hello, and welcome to this WeDidIt.Health broadcast. At WeDidIt.Health, we're working to create a healthy, happy, vegan, and plant-based world. We're doing that through building community and offering resources such as today's discussion to help you create relationships where you plant seeds of hopeful curiosity in others when they ask about a vegan or plant-based lifestyle. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we also invite you to join our We Did It. Health Passion Pod group community so you can connect with others and find support and encouragement with like minded members. Check out We Did it. Health's webpage. So, my name is Marikita Solis, and I'm very excited to welcome Dementia Prevention Specialist Kate Kunkel to today's program. Welcome, Kate.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share. How the brain and the gut can make a happy relationship?
0: Definitely, yes. I I mean, I would never think about their connectedness, but I guess every we're all connected. Every part of our body is connected. So, yeah, this is going to be. I'm very interested in both, and I need to learn about the microbiome. I need to learn. So, I'm ready. All right. (laughs)
1: Looking forward to this. You know, unless you've been under a rock in the last five or six years most people have heard about the microbiome now it's like it's it's everywhere especially when people talk about like um probiotics and yogurts and sauerkraut and those sorts of things it's becoming much more uh, mainstream people are paying attention to it more mainstream and they think about it in terms of what it does for your gut and digestion and so forth but most people don't really think too much about the connection with your brain and as a brain health specialist that's my concern because that connection which happens via the vagus nerve is what controls everything that that communication superhighway i call the vagus nerve which connects the brain and the gut that is where all of our health all of our inspiration all of our yeah the communication between the cells it happens because of that. So that's why I when I counsel clients, I always say the first thing we have to do is look after your gut.
0: Well, I'm excited to learn more definitely because I have I actually have some friends right now that are struggling with gut issues and with other issues such as cancer. So I really want to learn more. And Kate, can you move over? I don't know which way to tell you to move it.
1: Sure, sure. Let me just see where uh, this way? The, other way? the other way. Other way. This way. Okay. okay. There we go. <laughs> okay. That's great. Yeah. And
0: welcome, welcome, JJ. And let us know who's watching and make sure to tell us where you're watching
1: from. Because where are you, Kate? I'm in Ecuador. I'm in, it's right. a, it's a, a um, sort of rural area near the city of Salinas, which is considered Ecuador's Miami. So it's a very popular tourist area. Nice. Well, we'll all come down and visit you. <laughs> I've got room. I have a retreat center. So you're welcome to do that. And I actually hold whole food plant based vegan actually retreats here um, for brain health, brain health retreats. So that's uh, yeah, lots of room in Ecuador. That's for sure. Wonderful. So well, let me let me find out first when, What led
0: you on your journey to be where you are today?
1: When it comes to dementia prevention, it's because my mom, um, she ultimately died with dementia. She died of cancer, but with dementia. And her diagnosis of dementia um, came about the same time I received a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. And we know, now now I know, I didn't know it then, we know that autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis are um, risk factors for dementia. And also, they have the same root cause in most problems, and that in most cases, and that is the gut. Because if we have an unhealthy gut, whether it's from food choices or toxins or uh, environmental issues, you know, water, that sort of thing, that can all inspire the inflammation that is the root cause of most autoimmune diseases. And in fact, brain disease, including dementia and Alzheimer's, uh, dementias of all kinds, including Alzheimer's. So when I learned that, um, look, trying to look after my own health, I, I dug very deep into um, food sources, into guts, all of that, and that's where I why well, I'm, I'm here, where I am now. Well, that's a great story.
0: So. Uh... We never know when, when life is going to throw us a curveball like that. And, and then we have to do research and make the connections. I mean, we don't have to, but hopefully we would want to educate ourselves like you did.
1: Oh yeah. And I mean, I believe, I truly believe, and I say this all the time, we are not stuck with the brains we have. We have the power always to control what's happening with our brains. Well, I guess when it gets really advanced, then it's a little more difficult. But we still, we can always change. We can always make it better. So that's my whole goal in life is to see people take control and and look after their own brains and their own bodies, because we can't depend on anyone else. Ultimately, it's our responsibility. And you can go to all the doctors on the planet, but they can't fix you if you can't work with them.
0: That's very true. And what about people that, let's say that they've they've taken a lot of drugs and and these drugs have
1: really hurt their brain. And is there any hope for them too? Well, yes. So the great thing is that um, neuroplasticity, neurogenesis is a real thing. We can actually re- boot our brains. We can restructure them. We can build better synapses. That is possible even if there has been damage. I'm, I'm a student of Dr. Daniel Amen, and he shows SPEC scans, which is a kind of special brain scan. And you can see where oxygen and blood flow are getting to the brain. When people have brain damage, and that could be from a TBI, it could be from toxins, including pharmaceuticals or other drugs. There are many reasons why our brain Um, does no longer function properly but we can see on spec scans the damage we can see where there's a lack of blood flow and oxygen and we can also then see when we've instituted the changes we need we can see the difference we can see how it improves it's just amazing it's so exciting to me that we can see that physically on the brain scans so if we can see that we know that we're helping and we know that we have a choice. I've seen brain scans from people who have very advanced dementia and their, their families because they're, they're not capable then of doing the work themselves, which includes food and exercise and all the other things. But they have guides or coaches or family members who guide them through the process. And even with advanced dementia, which we can see, we see exactly what it looks like on the brain when we get really working hard, we can actually reverse it. That is so amazing. And Dr. Dale Bredesen, another one of my teachers, that's he he's shown it in, in clinical trials that they can reverse the effects. So we have control, even if there's damage from pharmaceuticals or anything else. Now, even a, tra- a traumatic brain injury, when there's actual damage to the brain, there's a case of a fellow who had a, I can't remember whether it was a bullet, something went through his brain it actually went through his brain. And even though his brain was severely damaged, he had a perfectly normal life because the brain was able to make up for the damage over time. So the 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 synapses found a different way to fire. They they worked around. So it is possible we can do it. And that's the great news.
0: That is amazing. Yeah. So what's the first step? If, 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 if- or we're getting dementia or maybe we're being very we're realizing I'm forgetting everything what's the first step to healing
1: get rid of sugar first step first thing I tell my clients every single time because sugar disrupts the gut it 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 destroys the microbiome which we can get to a little bit later but when we have sugar it, it firstly it can contribute to obesity diabetes we we have weight um, uh, weight issues we also have gut issues sugar is very disruptive to a healthy microbiome so that's the first step I always say to people and even before I ask them to go whole foods plant-based I also ask them to exercise those are the first two and I believe most important steps to get rid of the sugar and to exercise because when you exercise number 1 you're you doing so many good things for your body it helps with mental health you, you reduce the likelihood of having depressive episodes it reduces stress you've got good hormones going up bad hormones going down but it also helps you avoid the temptation of sugar cuz we're conditioned by by especially if you eat processed foods sugar is everywhere right So, and it's addictive, it's there on purpose, it's more addictive than cocaine. So if we can get people off the sugar, get them moving so they don't want the sugar anymore, that's the first two steps that I always get people started with because it helps the gut and it helps the microbiome itself just because of the, firstly, the sugar is not killing the microbiome, but also, or changing the, the structure of the microbiome. And it's also then producing those great endorphins and all the great things that exercise does for you.
0: Yeah, and that sounds that sounds like a great formula. What about what about natural sugar like what um is there can you eat too much fruits or I mean what do you recommend like smoothies you is that too
1: much at once? Yeah. Or- well, smoothies should be mostly <laughs> vegetables, right? They should be mostly like kale and spinach and greens and um even carrots of course turn into sugar, but when you do uh, fruits, and I eat a lot of fruit. Yeah, I live in Ecuador, good Lord. I'd be crazy not to eat all the wonderful fresh fruit here and, and ripe fruit. Those sugars, when you eat them in the fruit, when you have them as a whole food, you get all of the benefits of the fruit itself, the fiber, you know, the pectins, all of those things besides the sugar. When you have just fruit juice, If you've extracted that from the fruit, you don't have all those other good things. So fructose is a problem, absolutely, if you have it on its own, but it's better always to have, so it's always better to have the fruit as a whole fruit. Um, I do not say don't eat it uh, when you're trying to dump the sugar, because I think it's very important for so many other reasons, but you wanna be in moderation. Two or three pieces a day is fine. You know, like a banana and a pear and an apple or seasonal fruit. It's better if you can do berries, dark berries, like blueberries and that sort of thing. Because you're still getting sugars, but you're also getting all the other benefits of the antioxidants and that sort of thing. But when you say natural sugars, like, say, um, maple syrup, a lot of people and I, I also allow my clients to have maple syrup after the first couple of weeks. In very small amounts, like a tablespoon a week, like in a in a in a recipe of some kind, we simply don't need it. We just don't need it. It doesn't really do any good for us, and that includes honey, of course. And if you're vegan, you don't eat honey anyway. So um, yeah, those are still sugars, and they still mess with your not microbiome so much when they're natural, but they do. Influence insulin production, and and, you know that balance. It's really an issue if you are pre-diabetic or diabetic. It's even more important than. So that's my answer on sugar and fruit.
0: (laughs) Well, let me just ask you this one little thing: How how long does it take to break this sugar addiction? Because most of us are. Depends on how bad yours
1: is. It depends Mm -hmm. on how bad yours is, right? Like for me, it was nothing because I'm I was never a sweet tooth kind of person. It's just never really did much for me. Now, alcohol is also sugar, right? It turns into sugar in your body and a lot of alcohol is a lot of sugar in it anyway. So that is Another thing people don't think about when they're cutting out sugar, you have to cut out the alcohol too. Because that's, you know, and that that is a problem for a lot of people. So it takes longer for some people, you know, to get rid of that. Um, We have to we have to be realistic. A lot of people, you know, um, that's a big part of their lives. It's a social thing. So right, that, yeah. that's something else to think about. So you have, where does your sugar come from? How long have you been addicted, so to speak? And most people these days, their whole lives because of processed foods. Unless they've been whole food plant-based their whole lives, generally speaking, they've had processed foods, which are full of sugars of all kinds. There are 70 that I know of. There are 72 different names for sugar. Think wow. about that, you look at a package, you don't even know for sure if that's sugar you have, like I have a chart that I take with me cause I don't even know the names off by heart.
0: Gosh, okay, yeah, I believe it. So um, we got a question here uh, or a comment. I had a Meckel's diverticulum 25 years ago, I still don't feel settled in my gut. Ooh.
1: Yeah, so that that is a very common issue. You know, people have some disease issue, surgery, whatever it is. um, And the gut never quite feels right. Or you always have that sort of disconnection between the between the gut and everything else. So um, I would always say again, get rid of sugar, but also really look at how much you're getting in terms of probiotics and i don't mean yogurt even plant-based yogurt i mean things like sauerkraut kombucha um, uh, kefir water those sorts of things in a natural way as opposed to tablets because a lot of times when you get a probiotic in that there, there really aren't that many um, bacteria in it because they're they're pro- number one They've been on the shelf for a while. There's a whole bunch of reasons I can't, I don't need to get into. And if you are curious, I have a blog on my website, katecunkle.com on the blog. It talks specifically about that. But um, we have to be very conscious of that, what we're putting in our body that can help diversify the microbiome, but also what feeds those things that we're putting in there. So we that means we need prebiotics, and that's leafy green vegetables. And sometimes when people have had diverticulosis or something like that, diverticulitis, they they have a rough time with prebiotics because they have um, you know like a very sensitive gut. So you do it in little bits. You add slowly, carefully. You know, Jerusalem artichoke, those sorts of things that gradually help build up the the nutrient level of the uh, bacteria that you're wanting to nurture in your gut so yeah that's very common it takes a lot of time and it takes very conscious effort to make those choices and and every time you put something or or you're going to put something in your mouth you ask in my case I ask is this good for my brain but when I ask that it also means is this good for my gut so that's a very quick and easy thing to say. And, and I mean, it takes some education, right? You can't, it, we just don't know this intuitively. Most of us don't anyway, I had to learn it. Most people do, you have to consciously. Um, in my book, The Vegan Brain, I gave you a whole list of things to do. And also don't let the memories fade. There's a whole program that can help you get your gut in, in order, and then you can do all the other things to make your brain healthier.
0: Well, that's a great answer. So, let me let, let me find out how how is a whole food plant based vegan diet the best way to improve and why? What what is so great about this whole food plant based? And I know I I mean I'm working on it. I'm working on getting to you know every day doing better on the whole food plant-based and it's hard i mean for me it's hard because i'm so used to the just grabbing stuff and not thinking and i'm not used to chewing enough (laughs) so that's another thing that i'm really trying to uh, really chew green leafy vegetables so let
1: me hear the your wisdom kate so the reason a whole food plant-based lifestyle is better for this is number one you're not ingesting the um, antibiotics and other hormones and mm, pesticides, herbicides that the animals that produce dairy, um, meat and, and chicken and all that, you're not ingesting those. That's the first thing. So you're cutting out a big source of, disruptors to your gut. That's the first thing. So eliminating those things, which also cause inflammation, dairy is highly inflammatory. We aren't, we're not baby cows. We're not meant to eat, to drink the milk of a cow. We're meant to drink the milk of human mothers. So that's the first thing. Number one, we don't want to have anything that causes inflammation or, or has all of those terrible poor the poor animals what they are fed so that's the first thing cut that out now we're going to add the good stuff so by adding things like leafy green vegetables we're feeding a microbiome that's going to be much healthier because the antibiotics that are in so much of the food that people eat the animal food that's not gonna. That's not gonna kill them, right? We've got probiotics, we've got prebiotics, and there are no anti against biotics being introduced into the system. Then we're all, because we're also feeding them with with leafy greens. We're also then adding fiber, which is so important. And we want to also make sure about. I'm also a vegan nutritionist, so we want to also very be very conscious of the proteins and all the other nutrients that we have to be sure to get when we're eating whole foods, plant-based. And I think the reason so many people struggle with going this way, changing their lifestyle is because they really don't know how to do it in an enjoyable way. Like it gets so complicated. Some people, it makes it so complicated that they don't even start, or they do something that is like a lot of processed foods because that's easy. It, it looks like things that they already have been eating. And that's not good because it's processed. You look at things like the Impossible Burger and some of the, the cheese, cheese substitutes that are out there, they are disgusting. They're even worse for your gut than, than the animal products. So just being very simple, I say, keep it simple, sweetheart, kiss. So we wanna have just pure foods, cooked in a simple way. The other day, I posted on my Facebook page the other day, I had um, black beans, uh, a whole now what I used basmati brown, uh, basmati rice, peppers and onions and and some turmeric, and just made a very simple stir fry with that just mixed it all up. In a, and we have to be careful about toxic cookware too, right? No no nonstick stuff with that T-fowl or anything like that. You wanna have ceramic if we're gonna use nonstick. But so just doing things that are simple, but think about the, the, the um, balance. Do we have some deep leafy greens? Do we have some fiber? Do we have some color? Because color is gonna, that's easy. We want to have a a complete protein. So beans and rice, it's true. Those are the two that make complete proteins. That's the easy way to start. Make it simple. When we do that, then we are also firstly feeling cleaner. Our guts aren't so heavy. And so you want to do it more, right? It's like a circular thing. And then you get braver about what you try to cook. You know, I love cooking, I'm actually studying to be a vegan chef, because I enjoy it so much. But not everybody does. And not everybody has time, right? It's a it's a time thing, too. I understand that. So simple is the best way to start and clean just simple and clean. And then you've got, you asked me why it works well, it works well, because we're cleaning up the whole system, you're gonna find sometimes people feel really bad at first. And don't be, don't be surprised if that happens, because you're so used to feeling a certain way, depending on how much processed foods you have. Sometimes when you cut them out, it's a detox process. And sometimes it's good to do an actual detox, depending on how your food, you know, how you were eating before, because it, it really feels like you're sick. It feels like the flu, because you're cleaning it out. Lots of water, lots of pure water, very important. But that's um, yeah. I I I inspire. I encourage people to to not be afraid to just dump it all at once, but to remember that sometimes it feels bad because your body says, "Whoa, I don't I don't know what to do now because I don't have that sugar and I don't have that you know preservative." So it takes a while, but your your body is just going to get so much healthier. Just being simple and clean from the earth we were we are we are of the earth and what we ingest should be from the earth not through an intermediary
0: <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense well let me ask you this so if someone is not eating any vegetables and what is that what is their microbiome like and then they'll say that they can't eat vegetables because it upsets their
1: stomach so the reason their stomach is upset because of vegetables is because they don't eat vegetables. <laughs> um, so their microbiome is basically very, probably very uh, limited in scope. Like we want to have a, a diversity of bacteria and fungus and virus. Um, our microbiome is our whole body, right? It's not just the gut. It's, it's in our mouth. It's, it's, there are many my, um, systems and they all together create the microbiome of our whole bodies. So we need to have quite a a combination. So if they can't eat or they think they can't eat vegetables, start with using apple cider vinegar in water before you eat those vegetables or put that on the vegetables because that's inspires the production of stomach acid. A lot of people don't produce enough stomach acid. So if we put apple cider vinegar on the vegetables or the beans, because a lot of people have trouble with beans and and those sorts of things, then that will help break it down. Also starting your day with like a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar and four or five ounces of warm water um, will also start helping the the, um, stomach acid production. A lot of people don't and then they say oh I've got acid and so the doctor recommends you know antacids no antacids are a big no because that disrupts what we need to digest food and I think that that's a big problem for people who say they can eat vegetables now the other thing is to start if you are really struggling with that and even apple cider vinegar and preparing before start on a, a natural source of, of probiotics so Start gently with just like two ounces of kombucha tea, or two ounces of kefir. Now, yes, there is sugar in there because that's what was used to ferment it, right? So those are not ideal if you're having if you're struggling with sugar. Have a couple of forks full of sauerkraut, or just one to start, because every little thing that you add, it's not going to happen overnight. We're just going to do little bit by little bit. So start with a fork of uh, sauerkraut, or a fork of. Um, uh, Kimchi, kimchi, because it's nice and spicy. I love kimchi, it's spicy. But again, it depends on what you can tolerate. So, but you have to start giving your microbiome something to start with. You have to give it a, a start. And usually, if you haven't been uh, eating a lot of vegetables, it's going to be struggling to start because to to build a healthy diverse microbiome we want all kinds of different bacteria that's why you'll see in probiotics that they sell in the store it says like gazillion uh different uh sources of, of probiotics so you you do want that diversity
0: well that's very interesting I, it it's it's uh, it's amazing that the way our body functions right and that that I mean, we, we don't think about it, but I love, I mean, of course, what we're eating here is going to go here and it's going to affect every part of our body again. And so what about sluggishness? I mean, like if we're eating something
1: heavy or if we're eating animal products, how does that affect our brain? Oh, in so many ways. Firstly, it's going to affect the gut, right? If you're if you're eating animal products, it's going to affect the gut. It's an anti it's inflammatory, and there are so many chemicals and and they can say all they want about um humane pasture raised blah blah blah, humanely slaughtered. There's no such thing number 1 as humanely slaughtered anything. But um pasture raised is it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything as far as your gut is concerned. So don't get suckered by that. Um sluggishness comes also just from not going to the bathroom enough right if you're not eating enough dark leafy greens and you're not getting enough fiber from say fruits um and you want to eat the peels of fruits if they're if they're organic if they're not organic then like apples don't eat the peels because they're just full of it but um as much as you can getting fiber will help with that sluggish feeling that will help a lot but also exercising drinking lots and lots of water and I know a lot of people especially as we get older and we need to go to the bathroom more um, people hesitate and and, um, dehydration is a huge issue for your brain that's one of the like it's one of the first organs that respond to dehydration you do not want to get thirsty if you're if you're feeling thirsty you're already a little bit dehydrated and that's not good for your brain and it's not good for digestion So for your gut. So you want to make sure you're fully hydrated all the time. That will help a lot with that sluggish feeling because that's also brain. That's brain as much as the gut, the heavy feeling. So water will also help you digest properly, right? Get things moving, get your bowels moving, get your whole intestinal tract doing what it's supposed to do. So that's a big part of that sluggish feeling. And then if you're energizing with the right foods, you're getting more oxygen and blood flow to the brain. You're getting more messages going back and forth. The vagus nerve is is able to do its job and send those messages back and forth. Liver or bile production is gonna be better. Everything is gonna be better. Yeah,
0: definitely. And I, I, I think about that too, like when, when we go to, well, Dunkin' Donuts, and, and, and then this, this eating eating this way all day long, right? And then your brain's never getting, or your whole body's not getting any nutrients. All, and it's, it's deprived, and deprived of fiber. I mean, how many, what's the, how many of us are fiber deficient here That's in true. the United States?
1: Oh, in the United States, North America, it's it's a big problem. Yeah, it's a big problem. When people say they only go to the bathroom every couple of days, I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, that is not healthy and it is not normal. And having a doctor give you laxatives is also not normal. You know, if you really do struggle, get some... Um, you know, Metamucil, psyllium husk is basically what you want. You know, it's better than anything that they could give you. Um, and, and it gives you actual real fiber that your body knows what to do with. Yeah, these I, I just don't understand <laughs> that that doctors don't really, you know, push more of that. Like, say you've got to make this a priority, because if you are not dispelling the toxins and the byproducts of what you're ingesting, then you're gonna get sick, right? You have to start from the bottom to the top when it comes to that. You need to make sure the bowels are working and and then the liver can work and the gallbladder can work. You know, it works backwards. It comes backwards, you know, the functioning. So you have to do that. So what in the stages like of of eating
0: eating the wrong way, like what are the first problems that you're gonna develop in the brain
1: would you say your brain you're gonna start w- probably with fog brain fog where things just feel like and I hear that all the time people come to me and they say I, I just it feels like I'm walking through a fog I, I'm not 100% clear on things or uh, that is a, a big thing and then memory issues and then we get things like forgetting where your glasses are or forgetting whether you locked the door or the keys and people say oh it's just part of aging no it is not It is not acceptable. It is not a part of a healthy part of aging, a part of healthy aging. It is not. We should not be forgetting where our keys are. Wow, That's
0: I love normal. that. I love that because we're taught that when we get older, oh, things are going to fall apart, and it's normal. And these, these, these are hindering us so much. We're taught that we're not going to thrive, and we can thrive. We don't have to go downhill. We don't have to have all these issues. We don't. It's normal to have a bag full of pills when you're in your sixties. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs>
1: no. Yeah. Well, I would like to make one sort of political comment on that but that is because of the the medical industrial complex and I say medical industrial complex because the medical system has been taken over by the industrial complex. you know Rockefeller's organization did that. so they push drugs all the time. so they've made it normal and expected that you should get um, sick when you get older. Which is just absolutely ludicrous we have and i'm going to go back to this again we have the power we not them not the doctor not the military medical industrial complex we have the power and that comes from what we put in here and how much we move and how much we connect with other people those are all very important parts of a healthy gut and a healthy brain we should not be forgetting anything. Well, I hope everybody's listening. I'm
0: I'm listening very, very carefully, and I'm seeing some great comments, and everybody, please hit subscribe. Let's see um, who's here. Philip, thanks for watching us, and he's saying hi to JJ. JJ's here. JJ's also here, and Claudia's here saying hi, precious vegan friends. I didn't find you on YouTube, so I'm back here. Well, yeah, I think we're on YouTube, but here's another comment. The chemical industry profits from people's sickness because of this. The doctors don't inform.
1: Yes. Exactly. It's very when doctors so get me- kickbacks, when doctors get kickbacks for prescribing drugs, there's a problem. And that, yeah, that, that happens. It does. You know, yeah, I have friends I, who are doctors. So do they condos in Vail with the, the money they get from the drug companies. That's not right.
0: I, I hear that too from my friends that, uh, that they, I've offered vacations too, so yeah, it's 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 disturbing. So, thanks everybody for watching, and let's keep going. Uh, I had to. Let me see. Tell tell me about spirituality and how mental health is t- tied to spiritual health, and and how and and okay. what are your thoughts on this? Sure.
1: So, one of my big mm, one of the thing, things I feel most powerful about, most passionate about is that we as humans are not just one thing. We're not just this physical part. We are so many things. We are spiritual, we are mentally, like our mental health is different from our spiritual health, which is different from our physical health, which is, you know. So when we are whole foods, plant-based, when we are vegan specifically, and we care about everything, else, every, every other living sentient being, we are going to be by virtue of the connection to others, uh, even if not our own species, then we are going to be spiritually more healthy. Ahimsa, do no harm. So that's my first thing. Number two is if you are ingesting the products of pain, suffering, and fear, the energy of those products is going to be in your body, mind, and spirit. So you are going to have pain, fear in your cells, in your energy field. So, what we do is don't do that, don't put that energy in you by being vegan and by by looking after our gut in a, a compassionate way, our brains, our spirits, our, our hearts, everything will be healthier, will be whole. That connection will stay in place. This is something I'm so passionate about. In my book, The Vegan Brain, I spend a whole chapter on it, that this is how we thrive. This is how we human as a species can thrive by, by getting rid of the pain, the fear, the, the anger, the all of the stuff that comes with ingesting animal products. And we replace it with compassion and clean food and energy that is from the earth. We are earthlings, we are all earthlings. We need that energy, we need to ground. We need to get our bare feet on the ground. We need to hug trees, seriously, hugging a tree with your bare arms. You're getting all the wonderful microbes that come from that. It's another thing about feeding the microbiome, putting your feet in the earth, gardening, that all feeds your microbiome. This is the biggest organ of our body, right? Our skin. So everything that we put on it also goes into our gut so we want to make sure that we're getting those healthy microbes from from soil that we are touching that we are nurturing that's my thinking on that (laughs) i
0: feel the same way too and it can be overwhelming sometimes but for me when i go back into nature it it brings me peace all right i sometimes i feel hopeless with the animals and, and the planet i think oh my gosh but then i go outside and i I just feel a greater source. You know, I go out and see the trees and I feel like and I see them dancing in the wind and I say, hi, I see you waving at me. And so it's that really connectedness and I see them outside now and I can't wait to go back out there. So and I love. Being in the garden and in touching the earth, someone was asking me, so I was in the garden at my church, don't you, do you need some gloves? And I said, no, I don't want any gloves. I want to feel the earth. We need that. Our brains need that. Our brains need to to laugh and they need the sun. And how can you, how can you, like, if you're feeling down, what what can you do to help your brain or what, you know, how, how can you, can you trick the
1: brain? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Exercising. Honestly, the best thing you can do, and that could just be walking in nature. That could be dancing. Mm-hmm. I'm a great proponent of dancing. I swim every day, but I don't actually swim, swim. I dance in my pool uh, because we, we're right here, by, and it's all, almost always warm here. Or I go you know, walking along the beach, and I like to walk because our, our surf is really strong. So if I walk in the waves there, it's a good exercise. That creates this, the, the hormones that make us happy. Dancing, music, moving—all of those things make our brain healthier, and we can trick it. And in a way, it is tricking. Also, um, doing something kind for someone tricks our brains into being happier. When we when we give grat- or give to others or express gratitude for what has been given to us, whether by nature, by other people that is also a powerful antidepressant. We actually can, can make ourselves so much better just by saying thank you or just by giving. By That's helping. beautiful. Yeah.
0: I believe that. And uh, Claudia saying direct contact with mother earth as a direct spiritual work in a higher regions. Yes. I love that. Beautiful. Um, and we've got, Philip, who has been a vegan for about a year and a half, I can definitely agree with all this, the way I felt was in thinking prior to transitioning to a vegan lifestyle as night and day. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, it
1: is. Don't you just feel lighter? Just by being, you know, you're gonna get lighter. Most of us lose a lot of weight. I lost 44 pounds when I went vegan. Um, So that's gonna be just right there. It's gonna make you feel lighter because you're physically feeling lighter but the energy makes you feel lighter. It's so good to hear that, you know, to to read that, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. And you know what I was thinking is about laughter yoga. So I'm going to be facilitating a laughter yoga in... and <laughs> what can you tell us about laughter yoga and the brain?
1: Well, I don't know much about laughter yoga. I know a lot about yoga because it is it's very important. That and yoga in in a couple of ways yoga because it's making you move is good but it's also making you conscious of your breath right so breathing that whole breathing thing is so good for your brain your health we need to have good oxygen flow everywhere so when you're doing the kind of the yoga exercises that are about breath but the movement itself we need flexibility especially as we get older we need to be our spine needs to be flexible all those things when it comes to laughter, I actually had a guy on my, on my podcast, Dave Berman is his name. And he's a laughter coach. And all he does is get, you know, people to find things to laugh at. He, he, you know, just tells jokes, he just does funny things to help people get used to the idea, again, of laughing. You know how many people never laugh? You must know, otherwise, you would not be doing laughter yoga. So it's a big deal right we need that laughter we need to express joy my oma who passed over many years ago she always said the only thing that she ever regret, regretted was the time in her life that she spent without joy without giving or receiving joy that's part of what laughter is part of joy right
0: yeah and as as children we laugh i don't remember the stats but i mean you know hundreds of times and as adults probably not even 10 times a day it's shocking so yeah (laughs) and we don't even have to like if we just start laughing you know our bodies respond to that we don't have to even you know it doesn't have to be real laughter we can trick ourselves again (laughs) into into releasing those chemicals that that make us feel better
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We release the hormones, We the neurotransmitters start firing. Absolutely. Did you ever see that video on, on YouTube where a gentleman is reading something on a subway train or car, in a subway car, and he starts laughing? And he's laughing and laughing. It's a setup, right? He's laughing and yeah. laughing. But then pretty soon, everybody in the train car is laughing. <laughs> so we can inspire that just and trick ourselves into it because they didn't know what he's laughing at. They didn't know he wasn't really laughing. They just laughed along.
0: That's cute. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I'll have to look at that. Let's see. We've got a comment here from Angela. And thanks for joining us, Angela. Laughter yoga is
1: another way to affect the vagus nerve. (laughs) So yes, you're absolutely right, Angela. Yeah, the vagus nerve. Anything we can do to stimulate it is really important, you know, and humming is huge. Laughing, singing, chanting, all of those things i do a therapy i'm also a sound therapist and i do vibroacoustic therapy and that stimulates the vagus nerve people sound bowls all of those things can stimulate the vagus nerve which is that communication superhighway
0: wow that's amazing so yes my boyfriend's been doing sound journeys and and it's, it's it's such a peaceful experience i think how good that is for our brains to just listen and, and just to take that in. And these are great ways to, to really help your brain grow all these suggestions. So, so how about your family? Are they all, are they all really into this?
1: Uh, Well, (laughs) my, my father had, um, three strokes shortly after I moved here to Ecuador. And so I had to rush home and try to help him with that recovery. And I have to say, of all the people I've dealt with as a brain health coach, daddy is one of the easiest because he is so determined to not be um, dependent on others. Now, he did lose his driver's license because of the strokes, so that really bummed him out. And we worked really, really hard to try and get him to a place where he could get it back again, but he's not there because of physical limitations, not because of his brain. But um, he, he is totally on board. He even My father had never read a book voluntarily in his life until my book came out, Don't Let the Memories Fade. He read the whole thing cover to cover because he was so determined to look after his brain. My sister is completely vegan. She's totally on board. She's with it. Um, my brother-in-law, not so much. <laughs> but my husband, who was a carnivore of the highest order when (laughs) I met him, um, is probably 98% vegan. Yeah, when we go out sometimes for dinner, he will have something like, because we live on the ocean, at the ocean, he has seafood. So they're on board with the vegan part of it, and he's on board with the vegan part of it. And now, because of his own health issues, he's starting to to tune into all of the other things that we can do to improve our body, which also improves our brain. We're not separate, it's not separate, right? When we improve our body anyway, we improve our brain. So he's getting much better. So my family is better about that. You were talking about music, about your your boyfriend's sound journeys. So I can tell you also as a harpist and a sound therapist that one of the most important things we can do for our brain is to stimulate it with music in any way that can happen. That can be singing, toning, humming, listening, especially if you're listening mindfully to music, if you're making music in any way whatsoever, so that can be simple drumming on a tabletop, it can be learning to play the piano or the harp or the recorder, it doesn't matter. Playing an instrument, making music in any way, and that includes singing, of course, is great. If you do it with other people, It's even more powerful because we get that energy, that core, if you're like working in a choir, you've got that coordination between voices. You hear the harmonies. Our our bodies are harmonic instruments. And so we want harmony in it. All of those things help our bodies and our brains. The uh, brains of musicians, especially drummers and others who use hands and feet like harpists and pianists, When you use all the parts of your body, the corpus callosum, which is that big uh, band of fiber between the hemispheres of the brain, becomes stronger and healthier. So when you're doing those things, or if you're dancing, coordinated dance like salsa or something where where you're working with a partner, where you're really doing choreographed choreographed dancing of any kind, that's also really good for the corpus callosum. So however you can incorporate music into your life, go for it. (laughs) <laughs> well that's exciting yeah he's a drummer
0: also i mean he, he I played it. many things so yeah that's good to know and here's a nice comment from angela sounding out a closed mouth om um, is into a hum is excellent for the vagus nerve i very much agree with kate yes yeah this is really exciting so <laughs> so ah i love these comments and here's another one from claudia i love to listen to every music style, just the best of it. So yeah, so we got to keep up listening to our music and and learning. So what what would you say, Kate, about um someone with cancer and if they've just had a cancer diagnosis, what's the best thing for them and what turns around cancer the fastest? What could you say about
1: that? What's the best? <laughs> thing? Dump the sugar. I I always go back to that. Sh- cancer loves sugar. Nothing feeds a cancer cell better than sugar. So that's number one. Cut out anything with hormones. So to me, anything that's that's coming through an animal that has been given hormones in any way, and most of them have now, right? Cut it out because it's just going to feed. It's just going to feed cancer cells. Mindfulness, meditation, getting your spiritual house in order. That's what I always say. You know we, we the cancer loves stress. Cancer, cancer is mostly a stress induced disease, right? So do whatever you can to reduce the impact of stress. We all have stress in our lives. Heaven knows I have more stress sometimes than I know what to do with, but I handle it lots of times with music, with exercise, with cooking. It's the weirdest thing. When I go out to my kitchen and I cook like a really, delicious, whole foods, vegan meal, I it the stress just goes down. That's my happy place in my kitchen. So whatever is your happy place, if you have cancer, find your happy place and go there as much as you can, whether that's cooking, whether that's singing, whether that's dancing, whatever it is, try to go to your happy place because that will help everything else you're doing.
0: Well, that's good advice. So Okay, let me ask you about this organic foods. What if we can't afford to buy organic? then what should we do? Is there anything we can clean our food with our vegetables and fruits? Or what do you recommend there?
1: Yeah, so th- this is a really hard one, because I know how expensive it can be to eat organically. And a lot of us don't have the capability or the space to do a garden of our own. So I always the, the uh, environmental working group has their clean 15, uh, the clean dirty, dirty dozen and a clean 15. There are some things you really should not eat that are conventionally grown like strawberries. They're really, really bad. Better to buy frozen organic strawberries is going to be cheaper than buying, um, you know, like fresh ones in many cases because they, they pick them when they're and they ship them and all the nutrients are intact as well. So that's one thing I know organic for a gut microbiome. If we can go organic, it's really, it's really helpful because remember those pesticides are basically antibiotics. Glyphosate is an antibiotic. That's what it is at its very core. So if we're taking that in, we're undoing a lot of the good that we do when we're feed, you know, when we're nurturing that um, healthy microbiome. So I know it's hard, but, but use the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen as a guide. Um, it's better to have frozen organic than fresh tra- fresh conventional. And, and it's much easier. Like in Canada, um, blueberries, when I was in Canada last time, <clears throat> uh, I couldn't get my hands on organic blueberries, fresh ones, but I sure could get them frozen. So that's fine, and that's better. Plus, they're also picked and frozen right away, so the nutrients are in there, and they're and they're ripe when they're picked, rather than being shipped and ripen on the way or once they get to their point. So, also, how ripe is, or is your produce? If you're closer to the farm, it's better because then you know if you can, in any way, shape, or form, get to a, a farmer's market where it actually is the farmers <laughs> growing it, and and you're getting the produce as close to the field as possible, yeah. Yeah, well, that's I mean, it's really hard. Here, organic is only about ten percent more expensive than conventionally grown. So I eat everything that I that is available organic. If it's not available that week in organic, then I wait till the next week and I get it. I just cook around it. I I plan my meals around it. And that's another thing. If people, it's it's expensive to have fresh fruits and vegetables. If you're in the northern climate, for example, uh, in the winter, it's very expensive, and they've traveled a long way. They don't have a lot of. Um, nutrients left in them so it's better to buy frozen
0: i never thought about that they they travel a long way and they don't have a lot of nutrients left in them
1: no what bananas Uh huh. You know, well they, they as time they degrade over time right okay. Same so when you cook certain the cook a certain way i live in ecuador and there are bananas everywhere bananas are i can buy 25 bananas for a dollar They are ripened on the tree. I can tell you, because I did buy some bananas when I was in Canada in um, November, and they taste very, very different from the ones I get here. Because when they are picked from the trees for uh, export, they are sprayed with a chemical, or actually dumped in a chemical that stops them from ripening. Then they're shipped, and they're dunked with another chemical then once they get there, which helps them ripen so it's two chemicals so by the time you get that banana which really didn't have much sprayed on it when it was growing now it's had two chemical dumps <laughs> chemical baths it's going to taste different and it's not going to be as but all all produce is treated in some way by the way well i've got you on produce appeal have you seen the, the posts about appeal who here watching has seen appeal It's a coating that is being put on avocados, um, cucumbers, and other produce. It's a Bill Gates-supported product that is supposed to keep things from ripening too fast. Do not eat it. (laughs) Do not buy produce with it. It cannot be removed. It is a chemical. It is petrochemical. Do not buy produce that has it on. How do you spell it? A-P-E-E-L, appeal. Okay. Yeah. Just go on online. I'll bet you if you go to Facebook, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, just put in appeal problems and that'll tell you all you need to know. So don't, don't, because they, they say they're trying to cut down the use of um, plastics and, and that way they don't have to. I don't know why anybody would want to wrap an avocado in plastic anyway, but anyway, that's what they, they put it on avocados and cucumbers and things. So.
0: Okay, well that's good to know. So, yes, and uh, what about raw food diet?
1: Oh, as much as you can. Sure. A- again, you want it to be as close to nature as it can be. Anything that's close to nature, right? We eat a lot of raw food here cuz it's just so delicious. You know, it's literally on the other side of the river here from me, I can go and get farmers stuff. Now, it's not all all organic, but I know what to get that's organic. That isn't organic, what's allowed.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I, you've given me a lot to think about when I go shopping now, definitely. Let me see here. I'm looking at, let me, we're about to, we're coming to the end, but I wanted to put this. Claudia is a beautiful painter. I'm uh, painting in the future. I'd like to do abstract paintings too because I observed that on naked, old, dirty walls, actual paintings show up after some time. <laughs> and so they do an abstract painting. These pictures teach you a lot. They're formed from a higher realm, similar to ice flowers on the window, snow crystals. Every inch of nature is a teacher and fully conscious. Yes, and that's so true. Sister.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And art, doing art, Claudia. That doing art is so good for your brain. Any kind of creative pursuit. I see the the crocheted um, uh, afghan behind Claudia there. That's that is just crocheting is good for your brain. Anything you do like that, art is so inspiring. Yeah, go for right. it. Connect with yeah. nature. Definitely,
0: definitely connect with nature. So, Kate, can you tell us, since we're coming to the end of the hour, just give us your final points and tell us where we can find you and connect with you, please, because we sure. all
1: need to connect with you and follow and get your book, books. <laughs> so so brainhealthmatters.today is my website, and there you can find everything. You can also find me on Facebook. I have a a Facebook group called um, Boost Your Brain and Prevent Dementia. And I have a page called um, Brain Health Matters. I have a podcast. I have interviewed so many amazing people on Brain Health Matters. um, And I'm starting another season in in, in September, just starting to record now. Um, But there are a lot of experts out there who have amazing advice to share with you how you can improve your brain by taking charge. It's all about how you sleep, how you how you exercise or don't, the things you learn, the things you ingest. We, we are ultimately in power and that's what I'd like to leave you with. We have the power. You now there, there, there's a chant, we have the power. We do, we do. You're not stuck with the brain you have. If you're not happy with it, freaking well fix it. You can fix it. And that's go to brain today and see all the ways you can fix it. Yeah, I'm very inspired
0: because I know I have friends that are feel hopeless about their brains, like it's too late for me, but it's never too late. So <laughs> I'm my very dad is 86. Inspired.
1: It's not too late for him. It's not too late for you
0: amen to that yeah and here's a nice comment from claudia thank you so much for this beautiful live stream this is a true present yes and um angela was saying hello to everyone too and thank you and so yeah everyone thanks for watching this has been tremendously informative and inspirational so thank you so much kate for and please reach out to kate and definitely connect with her and get on that podcast that she has listen to that i'm going to make sure to get on that listen to those podcasts i want to learn more about taking charge of my brain so yeah thank you all so much for this and um well i'll just say th- thank you kate and namaste vegan everyone namaste. <laughs> bye everybody bye